Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, Danny Sarek joins me. The cornerback position is in the spotlight, and it was the head coach who shined the light again. But first, is there heat between my co-host and Will Hernandez? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 576, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. Maybe this is a little bit too inside baseball, Danny, but I have to ask because it was hard not to notice when number 76, Will Hernandez, was walking not quite off the field, but he was walking over to his other offensive lineman and had this smirk on his face, a little side eye in your direction, and said, quote, you've changed, and then kept on walking. And I, like most of your fans and followers want to know is there now heat between you and will hernandez what what is the backstory here please tell us i didn't even realize there was any sort of beef between will hernandez and myself until he was doing the same thing walking off the practice field wednesday because i was waiting around to interview offensive lineman dj humphreys about his new contract extension and so i had the whole setup i had the box that i stand on the microphone in my hand the camera and Will walked by me and he made a similar comment to that to you've changed. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you interview me once and that's it. <laughs> Jealousy. Because, because I did a sideline exchange interview with Will Hernandez in the off season when he was signed. And I quickly was following him off the field. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you offering yourself for an interview? Because you know that I will gladly take anybody who's going to offer themselves up for an interview. And he started laughing. He goes, no, 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 I changed your mind. I said, no, don't worry. I got you, Will. I got you. So that was after practice on Thursday when he said the same thing. You've changed. I'm still figuring out the best way to do it. But he is now at the top of my list to do an interview with because clearly he's interested. And that doesn't happen quite often (laughs) where a player will come up to you and say, can you please interview me so I have to take advantage of any of those opportunities? And specifically but, an offensive lineman, too. Those are usually kind of the quieter with respects to the media. Now, not quiet amongst themselves, but when the cameras are in front, this is a different group, though. And from the chippiness we have seen from Will Hernandez the last couple of practices, I think it would be a safe decision for me to interview him if that's what he wants. Yes, because if there is one player on this Arizona Cardinals team that we all hope is in our corner, it is Will Hernandez. Whether it was J.J. Watt on the first day of Pats and then here on Thursday, the second day of Pats, not as chippy, not as feisty of a practice, but there was big number 76 mixing it up with Dennis Gardeck little more grabbing than anything, but certainly something was said or someone got under the skin of someone else. And Will Hernandez, I'll say this, Danny, he will not back down to anyone regardless of stature. J.J. Watt, all pro, Dennis Gardeck, you know, hopefully becomes that at some point. It's not that he won't back down. I'm not sure that anybody could push him down, to be quite honest, from what we've seen. It's not, the, again, this is not like punches being thrown. It seems more like 
continuing the play a little longer than you should, and words are probably said, but I will say the difference of Thursday's practice compared to the first padded practice on Tuesday when there were a couple scuffles, uh, the coaches had whistles ready, and it was pretty immediate of somebody's in your face, blow the whistle, break it up, break it up, break it up, because we heard from head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We heard from his players there's so much on the line, especially with one fewer preseason game now for these players, these younger players, to take advantage of these reps and not waste practice time that it was clear in Thursday's practice there, there's no time for that. The whistles were blown immediately. By the way, just real quick, for the record, Will Hernandez, 6'3", 332. So, yeah, you definitely want him in your corner. I should definitely interview him if that's what he wants. <laughs> With respects to Thursday's practice, though, it's a good eye on your part, Danny, because, yes, a little bit more whistles, but we actually had officials. Referee Sean Hockley and his crew in attendance Thursday, and I think because it's traditionally what's happened during Cardinals training camp powered by Cox, is they will be here for a couple of days and then be a part of the red and white practice. Again, it's their involvement in practice. It's their involvement in meeting rooms, whether it's offense, defense, or individual position groups. Hey, point of emphasis, question and answer. This is what we look at. What do you guys have questions for us? So it's a good idea and I think most NFL teams do this but typically yearly the officials will make their tour of training camps. This is not just good practice for the players and the coaching staff on what will likely get called and working on penalties. It's also good practice for the referees for 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 their staff as well and it was really interesting. I do like the fact that they're in meeting rooms and getting to answer questions because where you and I were standing on the sideline after practice on Thursday, we watched quarterback Colt McCoy and he was talking to every single referee out there. And, and it looked like he was trying to display something like he was clapping his hands and just kind of, it seemed like asking some questions about calls that were being made. And it was energetic. It seemed like from both parties of explaining the, or, you know, giving their answer to whatever Colt McCoy's question was, but it's really interesting to see them, engage and really take advantage of that um, resource that they have of getting those questions answered before the season starts. Josh Miles was over there as well, and I think he might have gotten called for a false start or wasn't quite lined up properly. Maybe he was too far off the line of scrimmage. And again, you don't want these mistakes to happen, but better now here in August versus the regular season and get it corrected now versus later. Absolutely. Same with us, but we don't make mistakes. <laughs> no, we don't. We do not make mistakes. Not a very easy transition here, but we do have to acknowledge what has happened with this Arizona Cardinals team off the field. Don't know too much with what's going on with respects as far as details, but we did have a chance to hear from head coach Cliff Kingsbury regarding the arrest of Hollywood Brown. He was at practice on Thursday, still not doing a whole heck of a lot as they slowly build him up. But it certainly is, in the words of Kingsbury, an issue that needs to be addressed, and it was. And there was, I'm sure, a pretty strong message sent not only to Mr. Brown, but the entire team. Right, it was. Hollywood Brown was, the reports are saying, driving from his home to practice Wednesday morning just after 7 on the highway, got pulled over for speeding. And you're right, Kingsbury said, you know, he's had that private talk with Brown and talked with the team and understanding that that can't be done. First of all, from from a safety aspect, not even as a football player, but just, you know, being safe for yourself, for those that are on the road with you. And 
And, you know, also for your role on the team, absolutely. You know, you need to be safe. And that's what Kingsbury said. First thing he did was make sure he was safe. He was okay. And he had him out on the field. And I, I, that was a question that was asked to Kingsbury in the press conference. And, and I get it, but you know, at at this point, they're not going to not put him on the field because of that they're, they're still trying to work him back from that hamstring that he's coming off of. And so Kingsbury said the goal is still the same to get him doing individual drills by the end of the week. And then by Monday, early next week, have him doing team stuff. Let me ask you this. Would you have guessed or predicted or even maybe made a little bit of a side wager on the fact that Max Williams beats Hollywood Brown onto the practice field here in training camp? Because I'll say this, Thursday I was not expecting the press press release from the Arizona Cardinals saying that Max Williams had been activated off the physically unable to perform list. And not only was he activated, Danny, but he was dressed full pads, didn't participate in team drills, but was out there during position groups and taking part in a lot of practice. It is a good thing that I don't bet because I would not have bet that Max Williams would have been activated this early in camp. It was really interesting. I was standing right behind where the tight ends were doing individual drills at the beginning of practice. And and he's still wearing a pretty significant knee brace. It, it covers most of his leg, like, like from above his knee down to his ankle, essentially wearing a lot of extra padding. Um, How you would expect him to look is how he looked. He was going second behind Zach Ertz in every drill and he wasn't just going through the motions. I mean, he, he was going through the drills. He was making the cuts, um, you know, catching passes. He just looked slow, which is what you would expect from somebody who tore their ACL and has now had multiple surgeries. We've learned in week five against the San Francisco 49ers last year. So it seems to have been a pretty gnarly injury. Um, so he was out there and he was doing work. And he again, he didn't look bad. It's what you would expect. He just looked slow. But he was getting encouraging words um, as he was going through the rep. So hopefully we'll get to see him more, maybe even every practice at this point. I mean, you're right. He, he wasn't doing team stuff. So that that's what's interesting to me is. And he wasn't doing any of the blocking drills. He was just catching passes, but he was not in a pass set he, going against the no, you know, he linebackers. Was not, yes, it was all individual. So I, I, I wonder if that's the point of activating him at this point is to slowly ramp him up. I I, I, I don't think I truly believe that the fact that he has been activated off the pup list this early means that we're going to see him in the preseason. From at least this first practice, that does not necessarily seem reasonable to me. Um, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, so we'll see. But I, I was definitely surprised to get that press release seeing that he was activated week two of training camp. It makes now all of a sudden, at least to me, and we did not get a chance based off all of the news, and we'll get to some of it as far as the injury updates. Kingsbury was not asked about Max Williams, which is uh, a slip on our part, but there was just so much going on that we kind of just lost track of number 87. But it was good to see Max Williams, and this is the most I've seen him do since that last day of mandatory minicamp, because on the sideline, he was running, cutting with that knee brace on. And then you get placed on the pup list. And 
I was not expected week two to see Max Williams. Maybe not even at all here in training camp, but the fact that he was activated, one of two things. One, can he not do it? Is he at the point, Danny, where there's nothing more he can do on the rehab side to where he is now, all right, let's do football activity, activate you, meaning you're able to go through walkthrough, position drills, and see how you're doing. And then two, we're in August 4th. The regular season's a month away. I was not expecting Max Williams to even be a part of the conversation week one. Does this now slightly open the door to have Max Williams perhaps being available? I personally don't think so for week one. I think seeing how little we saw from him in this first practice, how we haven't really seen any of him up until this point truly, I would imagine that even though he's activated, he's we're not going to see him every day. I think it's it, – you, you, you bring up a good point. He's probably done enough straight rehab to where it is time for football stuff, but his body's going to be – so sore and that knee is going to feel so different than it would after just a normal day of rehab so maybe that's a reason of bringing him off that pup list as early as they did is maybe he's only going to practice those two or three pad of practices a week and see how much they can ramp up but I, I my gut tells me that he will not be ready for week one especially if you like the way that Trey McBride is progressing and the way that Trey McBride is blocking, because that that's the key that you miss without having Max Williams. Zach Ertz is a great tight end. He is much more of a threat catching the ball than he is blocking. And that's what was so great about the tandem with Max Williams and that blocking skill that you could have with the two of them. So if you feel confident in Trey McBride, you also have Steven Anderson Who's looked very, very good yes. so far. In camp. Yes, I, I just don't see why you would push Max Williams. Not that they would if he's not ready, but but I just I don't see him being ready for week one. It's going to be a progression for Max now Friday. How does that knee hold up? And then into Saturday with a day off for everyone on Sunday. But Max Williams on the field. Trey McBride not on the field. We found out that he has got a sore back, so he has not practiced the past couple of days. And Zach Ertz left practice early with a calf issue. Antoine Wesley is dealing with a groin hip issue that is still being evaluated. Week two, Danny, all of a sudden, as Kingsbury mentioned, this is just kind of par for the course. This is what happens after so many days, straight days of practice. But little, I wouldn't say concerning yet, but it's just, it's just noticeable the number of players – not the vet days, but the number of injured or quote-unquote hurt guys. And then he's right. This is what's going to happen because OTAs and minicamp, you're really not doing much true football like you are. They have this past week of training camp. And so this this is par for the course. Every team is going to have those players that get you know banged up early on. Um, I'm the same with you. I wouldn't necessarily say I am concerned at the moment. Um, but it's definitely something to now keep your eye on when you're looking at that wide receivers room. Um, if Antoine Wesley is going to be out for a couple weeks, um, Trey McBride, he really didn't seem con- concerned just saying it was a sore back, just taking some rest days. Um, but if, if that's more and Zach Ertz is, ca- I mean, it, it's kind of like a waiting game at this point of this all kind of, we just learned about this after practice. So 
It's kind of like you have to wait a couple days of Zach Ertz's calf injury. Just a, a training camp thing. He's going to miss a couple days. You know, he wasn't going to play a lot in the preseason to begin with. Like, is this really just not a big deal? Or is this a calf strain or calf injury or something to where it's going to nag him all year? It's, it's kind of like too soon for anyone to tell. So I'm not concerned quite yet. Um, but it's now definitely something to keep your eye on. And there was one other player mentioned in the press conference. Another yes. player who was apparently also dealing with something. On the defensive side, Marco Wilson has got a groin issue did not practice on Thursday. It was something I noticed on Wednesday. He was getting some work on on the sidelines, and all of a sudden there's an issue on the defensive side of the ball and specifically in the secondary. And when we talk about the secondary, this is interesting and something I really want to get into here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because in addition to an update on Marco Wilson as far as his health, we heard from Kingsbury asked about the cornerback room in general and the mitts that they are wearing handful of players are wearing these I guess oven gloves they're not oven mitts but they look like you're about to spar with someone but they've got these gloves to avoid the grabbing and holding and that led into a discussion on just the depth in that corner room and unprompted for the second time now this training camp Kingsbury has brought up Marco Wilson earlier on Thursday the jury is still out I'll go back to July 30th. Marco Wilson is in the mix. Now, are we to read into anything that Marco Wilson, which I anticipated, and I don't think I was alone, that it's Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and a question mark as far as who that number three cornerback is going to be, and then you figure out where Byron Murphy is going to play inside or outside. But now all of a sudden there is a question mark that the head coach placed on Marco Wilson trying to figure out what's going to happen in that secondary. This is interesting because Marco had a, a good rookie year last year, and we heard from Cliff Kingsbury, from Vance Joseph, from his coaches about how well he was doing and the expectation for growth heading into year two. It's interesting when you start to look at the depth and not to say that Marco wouldn't have necessarily earned a spotting role at this point, but after Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson, it's Antonio Hamilton, Josh Jackson, rookie Christian Matthew. It's, it's kind of a couple question marks. So the only thing that I can really think of would be two things. We had talked about this on Cardinals Underground, myself with Darren Irvin and Paul Calvisi, of the idea of still adding a veteran cornerback However, with the business side of things, business side of things, maybe that doesn't happen until after week one of the regular season. The other thing I could think of, and and this, I don't have any like true. I don't have anything true to really grab onto for this thought that maybe this is a message letting Marco Wilson know, who is young, that just because you had a good year doesn't mean you're automatically a starter. And again, I have. No, I haven't heard or seen anything that would make me to believe that Marco Wilson is walking around cocky or maybe not studying the playbook as much, not as prepared, not putting an effort in practice. I don't have knowledge of any of that. I'm just wondering if maybe that's part of this, the thought process of let's remind this young player that nothing is given. You have to continue to earn your role every year. 
I don't know the answer, but that's something that is a possibility in my head. It's something that I think is certainly a consideration. And when you hear the head coach bring it up once, okay, but now twice in less than a week's time that Marco Wilson, your fourth-round draft pick in 2021, has not earned anything yet. (laughs) And from the outside looking in, okay, well, if he's not playing or starting, then who is? Then it becomes who else do you have and not saying that Marco Wilson is looking over his shoulders like, well, they've got to play me. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But at some point, you know, you hope that that message, if it is a message, gets through because the head coach has brought it up twice. Now, Vance Joseph was asked about it as well, and he said, I don't know why Marco would need a good camp. And this was after Kingsbury had said, yeah, he's in the mix. So mixed messages or one is seeing something else. Um, it is, to you say Interesting, the fact that what I thought was going to be your number two corner just on the depth chart and your outside corner, now all of a sudden he's going to play. He's going to be here. But there's obviously something else going on. And the coaching staff, or at least the head coach, is not liking what he's seen so far. I, I mean, it's, it's, at this point, it's kind of only time will tell. And now, of course, who knows how long he'll be out with this groin injury that he's dealing with. At least it'll give us a good look at the other cornerbacks on this roster. Um, But I agree with you. I I don't think this means that we're not going to see Marco Wilson. I'm still not necessarily convinced that doesn't mean Marco Wilson isn't going to be your starter. It's just something to keep your eye on. And maybe this is, you know, they're blowing smoke in our face of, we told you we like competition. This is a competition position battle. And who knows? Using us to get the message out there. Yes. Unfortunately, that is what I am implying. <laughs> By the way, your cornerback depth chart, or just the number of players in that room, Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and then Antonio Hamilton, Josh Jackson. Those are your four that have experience. Breon Borders, Nate Brooks, Jace Whitaker, Christian Matthew, the draft pick, and Daryl Baker Jr., an undrafted rookie free agent. Not a lot of experience after the first four to why everyone keeps saying cornerback. You have to look at the cornerback market. Now, is it happening now? Or do you want to see what happens in the preseason and some action and what these younger players are capable of doing or not doing? And then you pick up the phone. And I'm a big fan of Robert Alford. He's been in this system. He knows what he's doing. You make that phone call then. Or to your point, do you wait until after week one when you sign a veteran and that contract is not guaranteed. If he's on the roster in week one, then that contract is guaranteed the rest of the season. There's a lot of moving parts that go into it. It's unfortunately not as easy as, look at the cap space. They can bring in a veteran player. There's there's a lot that goes into the decisions that are made. Are you saying that it's not like fantasy football where you can just sign and cut and sign and cut? No, that doesn't work that way? I don't think so. I've never been a general manager of an actual NFL team, only of my own fantasy football team. And how but I would good of a general a manager are you of that fantasy football team? I am not bad. Okay. I will say I'm not that bad. I've played once. I'll never do it again unless forced as I was Why? the first time. It's just, I'm just not a fantasy football person, and it's – takes a lot of time. It does. I'm not like a crazy person who's like obsessed and freaks out and gets upset or anything like that. Um, it is kind of a fun way to get to start to like watch and learn more about other 
players and defenses and stuff around the league and, you know, with your friends and have a good time. But I'm not a bad GM, if I do say so myself. So I've never you, won a league, though, so maybe so I'm not that good. So you never started someone that was on a bye week? Because I think I have a couple oh, of times. Oh, Craig, I didn't no. Really pay, I at I least check. I didn't really pay much attention to and this you got to look ahead. You, and when you're drafting, you got to look at bye weeks with the players and positions you're drafting. Come on. Yeah, I'm just not a. I'm just not a big. Maybe I want you. Maybe we should do a league together, <laughs> so, and I want you in my uh, league. I, I see what you're doing. That's yeah, what we should do, happen. Craig. Um, one last point here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Because, and I don't want to give a name, but I just want to let you know, Danny, that you do have followers within the organization who follow you on social media, and an individual walked past Darren Urban and myself as we were watching practice and looked at us with a straight face and said, quote, no phone time today? To which Darren and I both looked and said, okay, well, Danny's got at least one follower on social media. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I thanked her uh, for the follow on Twitter. <laughs> of course, go check out my, my Twitter at Danny Sirac. I Got a really great candid photo of my Gen Z co-workers, Craig Relu and Darren Urban, both smiling at their phones on the sideline at practice. So I had to use my own phone only to snap a picture. I wasn't on my phone the way the two of you were. And I had joked, Actually, I said, Darren I was said, teaching maybe. me how to use my iPhone and I used it. See, today. I at least wasn't even yes. going to call you out on that, Craig. But uh, now that I'll you set yourself out, out yes. um, I figured out how to do a video. Yes. Like, multiple videos in one video you were very excited to yes. learn how to use the iMovie app that, yeah that, and I'm happy iMovie for, app, yes thank and you and I'm happy for you so I had to take a picture I tweeted out I joked about putting a screen limit on your phones it's all in good fun yes but we learn stuff during, during training camp it's not just on the field like the players it's mm -hmm. Technology as well, so yes. I appreciate the help. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm here to help you. I won't always make fun of you. If you have questions, I will <laughs> answer as much as I can. I appreciate that. Although I'm not very tech savvy, so don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> well, Darren's the one that showed me how to do an eye. I know if so Darren knows how to do that, I'm I've got to be <laughs> a wizard. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.